Hello. Are you in a are you in a new recording location? Well, since uh there was a shutdown uh of all non-essential businesses, um we thought it best while our business was essential to to uh to to close our studio, uh where we always record out of. And now we're recording in uh separate and isolated locations. We we sent our uh our 700 employees home so that they wouldn't infect each other. Um so now they're all recording podcasts from their home, all 700 of them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our, our employees that we make live in uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just, we're off to a start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the symbolism of colors will come into play. Oh, man. Mm. How's mm. it going? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> honest answer <laughs> sure sure you can be honest yeah, yeah. um i mean uh all friends here. Well, <laughs> i mean except for the people listening i don't know who they are yeah no uh well for the people listening who are not our friends um please please don't listen please, to this please stay a distance away from us um for for everyone who may be listening uh we are recording this um on the night that uh la was locked down and then shortly after that announcement the state of california was locked down um uh, so, uh, no traveling for non-essential stuff, but you can go for a bike ride if you want to, or, a, or a walk around your neighborhood, um, as long as you stay six feet away from people. Yeah. We went for a, uh, 45 minute walk earlier today, just around our neighborhoods here. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting, interesting, really interesting how things have escalated. Cause, uh, let's see, what was it? Eight days ago, we recorded an episode about, uh, different kinds of hot dogs. Uh, that you could get from a grocery store. Uh, you can't really do that <laughs> in a lot of places right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I haven't looked to see what the hot dog stash is like at the local Safeway, but uh, it's probably not good. Yeah, I looked at the... I went to a Gelson's on Monday. Um, uh, we had picked up a few things, and then I was sent to, to pick up some more few things. Uh, and uh, while I was there, I passed the, the hot dog aisle. Uh which, while it didn't have a lot of stuff per our previous discussion um, beforehand, it was fully stocked previously, and now there was just a couple uh, bundling hot dogs left, and that was it. Um, mm. There was like a couple packages. I mean, not like a couple kinds, just like very limited number of uh, total items at all. Um, so, if you are listening to our hot dog episode. Uh, or if you had listened to our hot dog episode and you're like, I'm going to follow along and do exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Good luck. <laughs> Cause, you're listening uh, to the hot dog episode. Yeah. You should have called in during the episode. What, what was our episode <laughs> before the hot dog? I can't even do the Mr. Show bit because I don't know what our episode was before hot dogs. <sighs> no, our uh, episode before hot uh, What was our episode about it was, before oh, hot it was dogs? Knives Out? Was it Knives Out? Wow. Have we done a movie since Knives Out? Maybe not. Dot yes. Co. What's our website? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Pete by the oh, right. Yes, yes, How can yes. we forget your famous tweet? Uh, by the way, has your has your tweet gone any more viral? We should check back in on it since that last I, time. Yeah, um, I, I did 212 been... retweets, 1.4 thousand likes. It's, uh, it's kind of scary how impressive that was for people considering, you know, it was You, you felt stupid. it was a pretty obvious joke. You didn't even want to tweet it on the, on the, on the show. Well, I didn't feel like it was an obvious joke. I felt like it was a joke that you wouldn't get if you didn't understand that film was measured in feet. Well, there's enough uh, 
cinephiles on the internet mm. to appreciate your your incredibly intelligent highbrow wisdom or whatever. Apparently. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. Hi, hi, highbrow gutter wisdom. Um, but uh, mm. how, are, how are you holding up other than your 45-minute walk with, uh, with Petey Porkchop? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he can't do a 45-minute walk. He's not... He he loses steam around fifteen twenty minutes. His, his walk has not yet occurred. We went for like a like a human walk in the daytime. <laughs> you walked Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> we walked each other, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's uh, it's the suburbs. Everything's a big circle with little smaller circles inside of it. So we walked uh, half of the big circle. Ah, okay. They call that a semicircle. It was fun. Yeah, sure. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's good. Other than that, um, I've got a cocktail here. I I've made myself uh a signature Joe Steele. Oh wait, is this the terrible thing that you named after me, or is this the thing it's, that I did? The, this is this is the cocktail known as the Joe Steele, which is uh a bunch of bourbon and then uh three Luxardo cherries and some juice stirred together. Yeah, but see, <laughs> listeners, um, <laughs> he Dan just called it that. It's not, it's not, I don't drink that, just so you know. Um, well, that's, the, that's, I'm just saying, thing. it is a Joe Steele. I didn't say this is the beverage that Joe Steele drinks. I said it's a Joe Steele. No. Right. Because uh, I gave you the thought technology of why not just have three cherries. <laughs> yeah, you, you said it's your, it's your jar of cherries. You can put as many cherries in as you want. And I said, that's that's a, that's a recipe. I'm going to make a recipe, and I named it after you. Yeah, although you may want to start rationing your Luxardo cherries. Yeah, I don't drink it very much. I mostly just drink the uh, room temperature whiskey in a glass. But I bought a bottle of uh, Four Roses at the CVS the other day because I was there uh, getting some Tylenol. And Is it uh, four, four, four Roses or Four Roses uh, single barrel or it's uh, it's just the regular one. Oh, so you know it was cheap. It was it's something else to throw in the mix with the uh, the slightly more costly scotches, so I don't go through those as quickly. Uh, but I figured the, the the four roses would benefit from the the Joe Steele uh, treatment, and it does. It's not that bad. Yeah, I usually get the the four roses, um, uh, small batch, the one that comes in sort of the heart shaped bottle. I guess I would describe it as. Mm. Um, I think the single barrel is the one that comes in the cylinder one with the little leather loop around the the top of the bottle. Um, but I don't get that one uh, very often. But uh, and also, I can't really, frankly, tell you the difference between the two by taste, um, unless you put them next to each other. But uh, the, the those 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 work well. <laughs> How do you measure yourself yeah. against other golfers? By height. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I I I worked from home today, mm. uh, which is a new announcement um, since previously uh, when we recorded, because that didn't yeah. exist as a technology. You've n- you've never um, had the pleasure of it before. Are you enjoying it so far? It is extremely weird. Um, <laughs> it's so, but, uh, it's so good. I mean, when the world's not falling down around you, uh, working from home is pretty great. It's It's got its pros and cons. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hard to concentrate in an open office environment with a coworker that's not very sensitive to your uh, ability to be distracted by noises. Mm. Um, that's what but, headphones uh, and or doors are for, but, I mean, Los mm-hmm. Angeles, so. Well, there's, there's there are no doors. Uh, well, we're at uh, Jason's apartment, so there's an L-shaped uh, living room, dining room situation, and then there's a galley kitchen. Um, mm. You know, so there's basically, like, imagine a big square, and then there's, like, a line for a wall that separates the galley kitchen from the rest of that big square sure so you get sort of an l shape um and he's over at the dining room table and then i'm over at where his desk is on the opposite side of that l 
Um, and uh, like right now, he's listening. Do you say this? No, now I'm in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> I have the microphone balanced on top of the bed with mm. the laptop next to it. And Wait, are I you sitting am, on the floor? <laughs> no, I'm sitting in a uh, red chair uh, that is made of wood that is very hard, and I have been sitting in all day. Uh, it hurts my butt a whole lot right now to sit here, but uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it you for you. You want to put a pillow underneath you or something? It's not It's not a situation that a pillow will help because the mm. pillow will just slide um, and it still has the wood back on the chair. Uh, mm. It is just, it's not an ideal ergonomics situation. This is not an Aeron chair. Why don't you um, go, uh, John Roderick, and lay in the bed and put the microphone on your stomach? Uh, I don't think that's good for audio quality. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's just that this is very close quarters to be doing things in. Um, but, uh, but I'm recording from here. Uh, and that also means we're sharing the same internet connection, which is fun when you're using a virtual desktop situation. So you're streaming <laughs> renders of a desktop to a computer. Uh, I bet that playback mm-hmm. is really good and really smooth. Um, a little choppy on occasion, uh, but uh, the, the the real kind of FPS you get in there. Uh, well, see, it's it it does it dynamically based on the uh, I guess intensity of whatever it is you're doing. Mm. So uh, if not much is happening, it's one FPS. But uh, if you're uh, playing back something, it tries to optimize based on your settings, and uh, it set it so that it tries to hit thirty, basically. Um, but uh, that's you know screen refresh of the thing so sometimes it drops stuff still um and uh that's just an interesting situation to be in but i'm glad they started rolling it out because uh otherwise things would be very different at work tomorrow because uh, i w- <laughs> would do it at all um but uh yeah they they wouldn't have gotten very yeah. far if they kept trying to push their luck with the uh no keep coming out of the office because uh it yeah, just is... wash your hands <laughs> Today's oh today's Thursday, so then we got a, co- a couple more days of uh, putting your health at risk before they would have been completely shut down. Yeah. Um. So. Oh well, I, actually, the order went into effect tonight. Um. But uh, surprise. Um. It's uh. It's real, real interesting. Um. To do all this stuff, and I went to Best Buy and I bought a monitor, and it was the only UHD monitor they had there that was IPS. Uh, the other one was a larger display that was not IPS, and so I said, why? Um, and uh, I got that one, and it's not mm. the best monitor I've ever used. Why, why didn't you get an iMac Pro? I hear the iMac Pro is real good. <sighs> because <laughs> I'm not dropping several grand right now on an uncertain economic future uh, on, on, a, on a computer that this would is... basically just be streaming a desktop from another computer <laughs> a little more than several and also hasn't been updated since what 2017 yeah yeah but there's a rumor that it's going to get updated at some point yeah sure later um, this year maybe yeah yeah maybe it's a great time to update multiple thousand dollar computers um but uh i uh yeah you know just it works a treat maybe yeah uh i'm running in clamshell mode because it makes the display situation behave sanely and uh that's <laughs> that's it and I, I get to have get to have lunch i have a very short commute at the moment other than oh, driving the is so good other than driving twice yesterday and today to my apartment to pick up stuff and forgetting my apartment uh, forgetting my microphone at my apartment yesterday and getting it today um so i got to, to do that twice I, I i got commutes on commuteless days um hmm. so that was that was weird also because there's nobody driving except for lunatics who are like 
going twice the speed limit. But um, that's uh, what the apocalypse is like, I guess. Uh, yeah. And uh, speaking of the apocalypse, and <laughs> is that our pivot? I guess. Uh, speaking of things not going quite to plan, um, mm, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, let's talk about Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, um, where would you like to start with this? Do you want to talk about the real world happenings around the movie, or you just want to talk about the movie? Because it's kind of well, hard to it... to split, like you know, the uh, the Ryan Johnson ness of it with the JJ ness of it. Yeah, I, I think we need to. I think we need to. Well, you're forgetting the Colin Trevorrowness that didn't happen. Right, he's still in the credits there. So he that was way way back in the day when the original trilogy was announced. It was it was JJ. Was Ryan announced immediately or was that later? No, it was JJ first, and then Ryan and Colin Trevorrow were announced shortly after. Right, okay, so Ryan and Colin were announced at the same time. I think roughly the same. I don't know if it was the same or roughly the same time, but uh, mm. basically. Um, oh, Wikipedia Col- says June 2014 for Ryan and August 2015 for Colin, but uh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, it was close enough. Uh, it's y- years and years out from when they were making these. Um, but uh, yeah, it, and it was. Uh, the rumor at the time was that uh, this story group or Kathleen Kennedy didn't want any single director to have too much control over the thing. Like, they wanted to be able to have their own authority over it uh and that people who'd be coming in to be more like with tv having like a hired gun who comes in and directs for you um and doesn't you know necessarily own authorship of the thing like they wouldn't right. they weren't looking for someone to be the new george lucas to make yeah. uh, uh all the movies and dictate what was and was not star wars they wanted someone who, who would come in and do the work because henceforth uh, star wars is going to be a uh a writer's room of disney type folk like running the whole thing, like they 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 would not relinquish control from the uh, the committee to any single person. That would just be silly. Yeah, um, I mean, it was Lucasfilm. It's still Lucasfilm is still outside of Disney ish, basically in a way, um, where they have like top level oversight. But like the you know the writers and stuff, they're Lucasfilm writers. They're not uh, just like you know the the standard run of the mill Disney stuff, but. The the situation uh, was that JJ made his movie, um, and that uh, Ryan would make his movie, and then Colin would make his movie, and then it, it apparently became increasingly clear to everybody involved that Colin probably wasn't going to be a good fit, and <laughs> Colin Colin was jettisoned um, uh, before they started filming or doing anything, and it's not unusual because Kathleen Kennedy has fired what four directors off of star wars movies in the past five years um mm. we got lord uh, miller and then colin and who gareth else? brooks gareth brooks uh who which one was he gonna do well, he did rogue one he was replaced by what's his oh and even before him um what's his face who got replaced um before they even started uh oh shoot what's his name the the, the guy who did the 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 bad Fantastic Four movie, um, who <laughs> got in trouble and apparently ruined his trailer with his pugs ruined oh, his right, trailer or something. Guy. What's that guy's name? Uh, oh man, the the dude with the movie with the the kid with the eyes who did the levitating. He was in the Spider Man. Um, you know what I'm talking about? People, <laughs> people listening to this know who we're talking about. What's yes. His name? What's his name? Did you Google him? No. 
I was waiting for you because I oh. thought you were. I thought you were going somewhere with what you were saying, and then I no. There's that movie with the kid late. from Spider Man where he could levitate stuff, and there was a jeep and things. Um, what fantastic! I don't know what you're talking four. about at all. The, the movie he made before Fantastic Four, Josh Trank. There he is. Yes. Okay, that's him. <laughs> so Josh Trank. Chronicle he, was the movie. Yeah, he he was he was fired because he had the flu and couldn't show up. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> which. Which was a lie at the time, um, and uh, Gareth Brooks replaced him. Gareth Brooks made a movie that didn't test well and executives didn't like, and uh, he was replaced, although he was a good sport about it, so he technically has the director's credit and stuff. Um, but uh, uh, what's it, what's his face uh, came out on that one, and then there's um, Lord Miller, who were replaced by Ron Howard, uh, and Colin Trevorrow, who was replaced by J.J. Abrams. Um, and I, well, I think Colin Trevorrow was a mistake, um, just <laughs> because, because Jurassic World is overhyped nonsense. Yeah. See, I think this is unfortunately the problem with when Kathleen Kennedy was setting out to make like this grand overall plan is like she picked like hot up and coming names out of a hat sort would of. You, would you say Colin Trevor had some heat? Yeah, he had some heat. I, th- I think she just like basically threw a dart at uh, a trade publication and and got Colin Trevor out of it because he basically just did. Uh, but her, you know, her uh, husband is Frank Marshall, the producer, uh, producer, uh, longtime producer on on Steven Spielberg stuff. So you know, they they may have liked him like as a person or something, but like he took on a, the large scope of a, a Jurassic franchise movie, and he didn't royally screw it up. Like there were people who liked it and people who didn't, but he didn't send it crashing in flames. And he made, well, he's about to make his third of them so well you know, is, he he produced the second one which was real bad and then he did bad, but uh then he did that directive video short thing that was on youtube yes yeah, um but and, i mean it, at least he shows a pedigree of like somebody who is able to handle a large franchise and not make it dramatically worse yeah, yeah. I mean, he's able to copycat Spielberg, um, uh, just like J.J. Abrams can. On uh, I don't know if he can do it as well as J.J. can. No, no. I mean, that's why he got fired. <laughs> Although, frankly, in this movie, I think J.J. is doing mm. a little bit of an impression of like, uh, like there's some Spielberg in there. There's some Joseph Kahn in there. There's uh, who else is in there? You got a lot of stuff in there. You got um, uh, cocaine. I think cocaine is a lot, lot of cocaine. <laughs> um, who else was I uh, comparing it to? I, I put the I, I concatenated them in my brain. Of just like people who are slightly off camera, just like yelling at JJ. He's like, like this, like this. How about like this? And uh, mm-hmm. it was just, it was, it was so insane. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, this is a long, troubled route to it being on screen. Oh, and, Wachowski, uh, sorry. And so they went. Kathleen went back to JJ to be like, "Hey, I know we were only going to do that one, but um, kind of boned here." So she uh, ran back uh, into the safe arms <laughs> of uh, uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah, but I think that was a mistake because um it makes it makes it pretty uneven. You get a, a weird whiplash. Now, yeah. cuz cuz JJ did things a certain way in The Force Awakens, and you may or may not like what he did. Um and then you know, Ryan Johnson comes along and he does things his way. Uh and some of that is in response to and in dialogue with what JJ had done. And then when you have JJ come back to cap it all off, he's going to do things that undo and are in dialogue with the things that 
Ryan did, and it's, it's just like now now it feels like you just have two people arguing, um, whereas. It doesn't, it, so it doesn't feel like a cohesive trilogy, despite the fact that you've bookended it with JJ. Um, that perhaps uh, it was a mistake to bring in th- the same person who started it, um, uh, rather than uh, some other voice. So at least it wouldn't be like two people arguing over the course of three movies, um, because they, Ryan and JJ, have very different approaches to what they want to do with Star Wars. It seems like, mm. uh, and. Uh, the, I mean, pacing alone um, is just drastically different. Um, well, I, and I, I think the big question here is: could, Would this like brain trust of Star Wars people would they have let this movie be anything other than what it is? Because I totally agree with you that there is some whiplash thing going on here. But like, if you look at the Force Awakens, like I think it's it's very JJ, but it's also fairly measured. Like he's testing out the waters to see like how can i i put my jj-ness on a star wars and then when ryan comes in i think he made something much more like a star wars movie of the past you know it was it was a slower pace it was a more like methodical plot and you know it took its time doing the things that it did and it it was all over the place but it wasn't like it, it wasn't quite as add and full of cocaine and then when you get to the rise of skywalker like Never mind it being a trilogy. Like it's basically JJ just comes back in and he's like, "Okay, I've done this before. I, I, you know, I know what I'm doing here, and I've got this bag of pieces that I can put together any way I see fit from all of these other movies, these other eight movies, and I can just cobble those together and make a movie out of it, and then just go as fast as humanly possible." So it's like the the question is like the the the, the writers and the people who are behind producing this. Could the plot have been anything else? Or do you think J.J. had so much influence over it that he was the one who steered it into this direction? Because there's so much going on that it has to be uh, Joseph Kahn and made of cocaine to actually get through all of it. Well, see, here's the thing. Apparently, J.J. had a rough outline of what he wanted to do, according to him. Um, of how of where he wanted the story to go and how he wanted Palpatine to be behind everything and all this stuff. Did he actually say he wanted the the Palpatine thing was his? Yeah, um, but that the fact that it all just kind of pops up in the opening crawl or the <laughs> like trailer the before you saw the movie. It's a hell of an opening crawl, like yeah. Uh, the emperor is not dead and Kylo's going to go find him and Ray is training. And mm-hmm. it's like, wait, what? Hang on. Sorry. What? The dead speak. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a real mess. Um, because, be- because he didn't do the middle movie, he's trying to get back on track with his ideas for where he thought it was going, I guess. <laughs> and <laughs> you, so you he's, he's like trying to cram in the stuff that Ryan should have put in his movie to build up to this one. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. And and again, anything you read about this is heavily, heavily, heavily um, uh, skewed um, it, based on where the sources are, supposed sources are, and like their angle on it and what they may or may not have heard cobbled together with what they heard from somebody else. And so, you know, we may get like the final story about what the, you know, hell happened with all three of these movies like 20 years from now, but it's, it's not entirely clear through the development process exactly, uh, what the content of this third movie would have been prior to Colin Trevorrow being replaced. 
Um, I think you're going to need a, a forensic reporter to go in there because I, th- this probably changed direction so many different times that I'm not sure that if you asked any one person, they would even remember all of the bits and pieces. Like it needs to be put together, uh, but by, by like somebody doing years and months of research because like they, they essentially made the Homer Simpson car of movies. Like there's so much, everything is here. And even like new ideas that are kind of basically fan fiction, they're in here too. Like there's like, they didn't say no to any ideas. They just put them all in. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'll shape it this, um, it, it's, it's, it's like, be, he, because he knows he's using a reference to a previous movie, he can also use that as shorthand for something so that he doesn't need to, um, dwell or spend as much time on it. He can just be like, here's, here's a meme. Um, I did it. <laughs> moving on and it's like wait wait, what uh you know like it's it it just sort of gets imprinted on you briefly like oh that's just like this other thing from this other movie okay great i have feelings about that okay that substitutes the whole in these five seconds as we speed to the next catastrophe in here um and you get a lot of uh stuff that feels very um it's not all fan service, but it feels like it is, uh, it is designed by someone who is looking at, um, the previous works and assembling their live journal fan page. Uh, he's trying to tie up as many threads from the previous eight movies as possible. Yeah. But he's doing it by also saying, Hey, look, I'm doing that thing again. Um, yeah, it's just like that other thing. So that way you you have feelings about that because it left an impression on you. You can um, trust me because I know all the references. And also here's a new weird, crazy thing. Yeah, it's... And a lot of the time when he's using these references, he's like, hey, it's just like that other thing. Only I turned it up to 11. Uh, or I turned it up to 5 billion in the case of lightning that shoots out into the sky. But um, it's it's like he... He doesn't take the time to have anything in the movie be explained by the movie itself. Um, <laughs> it's just like okay, everything that's in just... the movie is in the movie, Joe. Uh, but 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 you, you look at it and you're just like it, these might as well be hieroglyphics in some of these places. If you like, we're just looking at this movie in the abstract. Like it doesn't all add up um, in a way that makes makes sense or pleases the 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 maximum number of audience members um, when you're trying to like decipher uh, what's happening because you're so you're moving so frantically from each one of these uh, references to other references um, that it doesn't feel like anything, uh, anything has the chance to build its own importance within the, the overall edifice of this movie Um, that, that every little tiny thing is just a fragment um, that is just propelled, you know, like, when you're in Super Mario Brothers and you're like jumping over the blocks and there's just the little blocks and you got to jump to the next little block, it's just like if you did that with like the you know the stars, so you did it super fast, and then it was just a whole level of that of just like tiny little blocks every single way, and like that that's that's sort of what it feels like. So like here's a bunch of tiny blocks and we're just gonna run, um, and at least it slowed down a little bit like in uh, the halfway period. Like I, it probably the, you could probably graph the the editing speed uh slowly declining towards the end of the movie 
where there are actually some shots that linger for, I don't know, a couple of seconds. But legitimately, the first third of the movie may as well have been cut like a music video. Like, it is so friggin' fast. And it's just like, before you even have a chance to digest a scene, you're like, okay, they're doing what? Also, light speed skipping is a thing. Also wait, what now? And the, there's a spy and then the, there's there's compasses to find that like all of this stuff is happening at once. And you're like, it, it's this movie is made for people with short attention spans in 2020, because if you tried to show this movie to somebody like in the 80s, they, they wouldn't be able to follow any of it, any of it at well, all. But see, here's the thing is this movie was derided uh, because <laughs> it's hard to follow what's happening. Um, I, I, f- I feel like even modern audiences I uh, don't necessarily respond well to it because nothing really has a chance to have um, the the space and the gravity that it should. Uh, no, he certainly doesn't let emotional scenes land until way later in the movie because the first, again, the first third of it is just setting up all the crazy Star Wars-ness of it. Like, I feel like I followed it as well as I follow any Star Wars movie in as much as, you know, there's a convoluted plot about a thing on a planet that they got to go find that'll help them find this other thing on this other place that where they'll finally win the war. And there's a lot of other dumb crap like, yeah, there's a billion star destroyers here that it's real bad. Um, but if we blow up the one that has the satellite dish, that means the rest of them can't move. Like there's a bunch of that kind of dumb crap in here too, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but to get to the part where you said about emotional impact, I feel like there's an over-reliance on the emotional impact of certain characters being on screen. Um, and that, uh, in fact that Daisy Ridley is like almost crying in half the movie and then like angrily running for the other half. Yeah. So JG is very good at, I think, manipulating emotional response in terms of like on a really like primal level. Um, but not in a, not in a really, there's nothing about this movie that I mean, is of the, of the audience or the actors. Of the, of the, well, I mean, I don't know what he's like on set, but, uh, for, for us in the audience, um, like if you're sitting there watching this film uh, and you're seeing these characters, you know, like Billy D. Williams, um, despite the fact that he kind of is, I mean, if you look at that performance and stuff in the abstract, it's a mess, but because it's like, Oh, it's Lando, you know, emotion. Yeah, Cause he, he um, like literally walks out of the shadows and he's like, Hey there kid, how are you? Yeah. I can barely walk how's it going um but uh <laughs> look at my yellow outfit and cape oh man um and uh yeah it's 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 really weird and and uh so let's just start with the beginning and just very briefly get through whatever it is that we can talk about um because uh-huh. this movie starts with um what is supposedly the planet Mustafar, um, you know, the, the planet that, uh, Darth, that Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan fought on. And then Anakin as Darth Vader set up his little base thing on, um, that's the planet where Kylo is killing a bunch of people in the forest. Apparently. And I was like, how is it supposed to be that there's a forest? Um, like, isn't this planet supposed to be entirely like molten lava waterfalls and stuff, but, um, whatever. Anyway, so that's happening, and you're just like, "What?" And then he finds that little uh, pyramid thing, the the um, Sith Wayfinder. Uh, again, don't don't really understand all that stuff. Um, and then he flies. Well, it's because um, what's the name of the planet? Uh, Exegol. Uh, yeah, it, Exegol is the dark web of planets in the Star Wars universe because <laughs> you can't get there through any normal means. You, you have to you have to have been there and know your way there in order to actually find it and get there. 
yeah, he's he's got to have the key to, to decrypt it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's invitation only, private yeah. beta. Yeah, and so he he gets the wayfinder and he plugs it into his his uh, tie fighter, and he flies through the stuff, and then he lands on Exegol, and he walks to this thing, and then he descends on an elevator, and it's like there are no signs. I don't know how he knew to do any of this stuff. And uh, there's uh, voiceover int- intuition. He's got force intuition. Yeah, there's voiceover from uh, Palpatine, and Kylo Ren walks past tanks full of uh, Snoke clones. Um, yeah, very alien. Four, I don't know. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's sort of. But it, it just sort of raises questions. Was like, if you could just make a bunch of Snokes, why don't you just make a bunch of Snokes? Like he wasn't you know he wasn't like that was like a like a character that lacked power or anything yeah. i don't know uh, um wikipedia said something about uh snoke was a puppet to control the first order to lure kylo to the dark side which seems like a long way to go for that mission um he he used snoke to make Kylo power hungry enough to run the first order. And then when he threatened Kylo's power by saying like, Hey, I'm the emperor and I'm still alive. Um, Kylo is going to be, uh, protective enough of his, his position running the first order that he's going to immediately go try to find the emperor, which like, he could have just like texted Kylo and be like, Hey, I'm the emperor. I'm not dead. Like let's chat. And, uh, Kylo probably would have come to find out because, you know, he's obsessed with Darth Vader and, uh, the emperor, uh, was the master of Darth Vader. So, like, you know, probably a shorter way to get there. But again, this is, again, cobbling the first two movies into the third movie. Yeah. Uh, but it also doesn't make any sense in light of the events that happened in the second movie where, you know, Snoke is going to kill uh, uh, Rey um, and Kylo and uh, Kylo defeats Snoke. And it's like, well, if it was a puppet of... Palpatine, why? Because there's there's this oscillating thing that occurs throughout this movie of like, does he want to kill Ray or does he not <laughs> want to kill Ray? Yeah, that's and... why I sent you the the meme of the two Spider Mans pointing at each other. It's like, um, the Emperor wants to kill Ray because she's a threat to his power, but he actually wants to kill Ray because no, he wants Ray to kill him because then. Ray will absorb his power and become evil and they'll, you know, become one or whatever uh, through some sort of mind meld thing. But then also Ray wants to kill him, but not become the mind meld thing. So like eventually Ray's going to kill the emperor, but you don't know if that's good or bad. It's because it changes like four times. Is very complicated, and and she basically he, he the emperor dies at the end of this movie, basically on a technicality of like, aha, but I didn't kill you, you killed you because I just bounced the thingy back at you, and it's oh, like is, it was is that the implied uh, the way she killed him without killing him, so she didn't become him. I mean, she was doing actions that resulted in his death. She but... was doing things that, let's be honest, yeah. make no sense in the Star Wars universe. At what point did we ever see a lightsaber bounce back force lightning in a way that was? uh weaponized uh the third movie um that that's how mace windu when he's confronting <laughs> chancellor palpatine and he blocked the force lightning with his lightsaber 
Yeah, with, with with his lightsaber, and it bounced back in uh, Palpatine's face, and somehow mutated him into oh, right. makeup Palpatine. Um, that's, that's right. That I okay, yeah, I remember that elastic now, image or whatever they did it with. That happened so quickly that 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 felt like a fluke. That didn't feel like we're rewriting the rules of the way Force lightning works. That that just felt like uh, we need to find a way to make uh, Palpatine's face funky, so he'll bounce the lightning. Like we, I didn't take that as canon, so whatever, fine. I mean. <laughs> There are people who would gladly ignore the things that happen in the prequels, but this movie references the things that happen in the prequels quite a bit, which is interesting. Um, Like there's literally a line from uh, the from episode three where uh, in in this beginning part, Palpatine says that, you know, there's some that, you know, blah, 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 considered to be unnatural. And that was a line he said that he had with the uh, whole way he seduces Anakin is because um, he's trying to convince him that if Padme dies, he can use his super sith force powers to bring her back from the dead um which is what they basically imply when what's his name from lost is here and they're like ah the emperor brought himself back from death and he looks like a zombie so maybe he used the powers that only the sith know for bringing dead people back yeah and supposedly as came out recently in the novelization of this movie (laughs) which yeah, there's a whole argument to be had about the the um, total BS nature of relying upon uh, the authorized external production stuff that is supposed to be tangential to this movie being uh, an actual explanation for things that happen in this movie. But apparently, the the Palpatine that's in this movie is a clone that the uh, the Force spirit whatever of palpatine when he fell into that reactor went into this clone body but because palpatine is so strong with the dark side of the force it's so toxic that it's destroying the clones and uh he can't just keep cloning new bodies anymore and that's why he needs to accelerate things for his final order the movie doesn't say anything like that um i don't don't buy any of that because also he he uses like you know the oldest fairy tale thing in the book where an old person eats the souls of the young people and it's like what's his name taking the blood of the young people so he can stay young it's that's 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 the explanation in the movie but like if you look at peter teal (laughs) yeah exactly he's peter tealing um the emperor's peter teal uh but if you you just look at the 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 jj-ness of this movie um and the way things have changed since the 80s or whatever um the fact that the emperor was thrown down that little thing uh in no way guarantees that at the bottom he died like just with all of the flipping and the craziness and the force and stuff like i wouldn't have been surprised if he came out of the bottom of that completely unscathed like he caught himself with some force lightning and was like oh nope you didn't get me sorry yeah i mean it's one of those things where when i saw it in the movie it's just like i guess he survived somehow it's like the, um, it's the least unbelievable part of the movie, I think, though. Yeah, I mean, it's easier for me to believe that there is a missing component that explains it than to receive an unsatisfying component that is supposed to be the explanation. Yeah, um, he's all but, old uh, and messed up looking, and he's zombieified and kind of falling apart because he's really old and he's screwed up and stuff. Like that's fine. Yeah. We don't we don't need any more than that. Yeah, but, I mean, this is his motivation for doing whatever it is that he's doing in this movie. Um, And this is not to um, fault the performance uh, of um, Ian McDermott, um, who I think is 
always good, even though he's asked to do ridiculous things in these movies. Mm. Um, I feel like his his uh, mustache twirling menace um, is always perfectly suited to the task of of the stuff. Um, but it's just that what is written for him to be doing just is not so good. Um, yeah, and there's, there's there's no understandable motivation other than aha kill me and then i will be like i i really expected him to say strike me down and i will become more powerful or whatever because that's basically what he's saying like depends on depending on who kills who and how like apparently there are rules about the force that you could absorb their spirit and that gets into the whole like you know I am all of the Sith that have come before, and I am all of the Jedi that have come before. Where Ray trying to yeah, contact all the dead people stuff. It's really Highlander. Um, I <laughs> that that's a new twist for me. Um, Wait, was that Highlander? All the people he killed gave him like he absorbed their strength. It, well, that was what all the lightning stuff was about. I don't remember Highlander. Um, <laughs> but it's also it's it's, it's the it's, bun it's, didn't have a hot dog in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember but. that, um, but. But it's kind of a uh, it's it's uh it's it's X Men too. Uh, like uh, who's the X Men that can take the powers of everyone Rogue. they've ever? You know, well, she can take individual powers, but does she keep the powers? I forget. Uh, sort of. Not yeah. really. So yeah. I mean, the, the, there's there's some X Manning this, and not least of which also that the Force apparently let people heal themselves or others. Well, that was that was interesting because it was. Um... It's something that's been in like video games and other media, Star Wars related media for a long time. It just hasn't been in the movies. And the same week that uh, the movie came out, uh, an episode of The Mandalorian was released where uh, you saw the same power being used. Um, mm. and so what, what's, the, what's the line she said? Is something like I transferred some some force credits to him or something? Uh, it was something about her life, um, I think. Uh, like basically transferring some of her life force, supposedly. I don't know. Um, I, g- I but, gave him two uh, weeks off the end of my life, and it, it healed the the worm scars. Yeah, and um, that you know it's, it's complicated. Uh, so let's let's move into the the stuff because there's um Poe and uh, uh Finn and Chewbacca um and some sort of slug creature on the Millennium Falcon picking up a thing which it needs to be plugged in with the biggest clunkiest cable I've ever seen um and then there's tie fighters and they need to get out of there and then you get the jumping thing which is deeply unsatisfying um I I I really hated that sequence uh it just felt like a mess um and uh then they get Luckily out the it was s- over in like 5 seconds Yeah I mean but <laughs> Like that's something you'd say about most of this movie. <laughs> um, At least the but, first uh, half of it. It's uh, you know, uh, what, what's the phrase? Uh, the food is terrible and the portions are small. Uh, it's <laughs> it's a little bit of that for the first third. Yeah, the, the dialogue terrible, is terrible it's... and the cuts are small. <laughs> what, what was the first part? The dialogue is terrible and the cuts are small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but you know, the first part you you can't tell if it's bad or if it's just not connected yet uh because it's just like with every star wars movie you're like what are the new things i'm going to learn in this movie what new how are they going to one-up themselves in some other odd way like all right fine i'm on board with that like i'm not super precious about what is and isn't allowed in a star wars movie because it's it's all made up nonsense but uh for the first third of it you're just like how much of this do i need to hold in my brain before we get onto the things yeah and um 
that skipping stuff is also cut in with uh uh Ray on whatever the name of that jungle planet is that they've they've regrouped that the rebel the um uh, resistance has regrouped on um that she's there with the cut and pasted footage of uh, the late and great uh, Carrie Fisher. Um, oh yeah. Who's... So how much of that was uh, reused and reshottered? Like n- none of the none of the stuff that was in here was shot specifically for this. No, nothing um, was shot for this. Uh, all that stuff that you see in here is stuff from the cutting room floor of the Force Awakens. Um, but n- not not Last Jedi. No. Um, hmm. I I don't remember the reasons why, but uh, it is it is stuff from the cutting room floor of the force awakens uh and it's basically I guess that explains why most of her her stuff is like one-liners yeah exactly it, there's not much to to work with so you find that every time she's in the movie other characters are saying everything and then she has a word or two to like punctuate something and then it goes back to the other character you know, lifting the heavy weight of the dialogue um, so that they can I use it was the clip well. of a couple words. It was, it was, it's unfortunate um, that the Carrie Fisher wasn't alive because I feel like this whole thing would have been so much better with her performance, uh, with her actual ability to connect with and perform um, there on set uh and to to polish her own dialogue um like she did uh, apparently for for ryan um like it's it's a it's a a shame she couldn't be there i think it's probably for the best that they did not decide to replace her completely with like a 100 percent digital fabrication Mm. um like with the, the young leia yeah but her face is basically pasted onto um a cg leia that is that is there Mm. um because otherwise it wouldn't sit in the scene um and a lot of what's happening is like dictated on like the lighting conditions that they had um so things are just sort of odd with it Um, luckily when you're in a lot of like wacky forests or starships you can just make the lighting whatever you need yeah um but uh yeah this that's basically what they did and there's supposedly more of Carrie Fisher in the movie, um, talking to uh, uh, Kelly Marie Tran's character Rose, um, mm. and that ended up uh, supposedly for whatever reason, JJ felt that it was not working. The scenes weren't working, um, and it was supposedly you know just the uh, the problem of trying to make that to force that footage into working. Um, it just didn't pay off. And so they, they excised that. Uh, and that's why you also don't see very much of Rose in this film, supposedly. Uh, although it doesn't make a lot of sense that Rose was left at the base with Leia, as opposed to Rose being with Finn, like, cause that was where the story was going from the last movie. Um, but, uh, it's, it's really super peculiar. Um, and instead Finn has a different, love interest um it's very odd but uh anywho there's the jungle planet and ray's doing her thing and then she connects with kylo ren and this is like in the previous movies where there's that um connection through the force that snoke was orchestrating at one point but now it seems to be natural um where he's trying to find and connect with her uh and 
do all of his BS stuff about like trying to gaslight her. Um, Force and... bond. That's what it's called. Sorry. I was looking on Wikipedia. It's, it's such a weird thing that now not only can they see each other, they can, they can fight and he can like snatch the necklace off of her ne- neck and then have it analyzed to try and figure out where she is. That that's, that's new. Well, if you watch the last Jedi, um, there is, uh, was it like rain drops or something or, Oh yeah. There's some water that falls on, uh, Kylo's hand from the, from the, from the planet that, uh, Ray was on. So there was this sort of bleeding over of reality through the force through that, but it was not to the level that this movie is. And I do kind of like that, um, they can bleed back and forth through this. Uh, I like how he sort of played with that connection um, because it lets you do some pretty interesting things uh, in terms of how you can compose and cut back and forth with their dialogue uh, and to uh, have have them sort of like find out where the other one is um, through this sort of combative process, mm-hmm. like yanking the necklace off or when... Uh, the stand that you know Darth Vader's head is on is knocked to the ground. Um, that he can figure out that she's on the ship. Um, like all all that stuff and like the things scattering around back and forth, uh, bleeding back and forth between where they are. Um, I think, Do you think that he all left his his prized Vader helmet on that planet, or did he pick it up and bring it back to the ship with him? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to assume he brought it back, but it's not like anybody else on that planet was going to go get it. Um, but now that the planet's not there anymore, I guess it doesn't matter so much um but uh and he's also dead so i mean he's got he's got bigger problems um but uh eventually spoilers jeez <laughs> but she but uh ray is frustrated that she can't uh, she doesn't have a connection with the the ghosts of the jedi masters um and uh you know finn and poe come back from their mission and they say that there's a mole there's a spy in the first order and they got information and that the emperor's back and blah, 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 blah. Here's a bunch of exposition so that we can go get the Wayfinder 2. And she finds the book that she stole from um, uh, from Luke's exile planet. Um, right. I forget. When did we learn that she stole all of the sacred text so they didn't actually get blown up or something? Or some of the sacred text didn't get blown up? Oh, because in the end of The Last Jedi, she had all the books and stuff on the ship and uh yoda had a sly line about uh she she has everything she needs um so everyone always has everything they need don't they uh only what you take with you um but so she's she she uh is able to 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 find that and then they start on their very jj abrams and not very star wars um treasure hunt uh with a x marks the spot indiana jones map thing it's it's very it's a very disjointed weird thing um i didn't like this story mechanic at all um and it just keeps it keeps getting progressively worse like when they find the dagger and the dagger <laughs> the dagger is the cutout of the ruins of this of uh, part of the death star that crashed on a moon and it's just like but the dagger has to... uh, so, so wait also the other thing of the dagger did the sith have their own language that we've never known before now well, I mean, in the extended whatever garbage crap, they yes, um, but Wait, I mean, what, it just what, hasn't. Why, why did the... it? It doesn't. It hasn't. It hasn't been. An, it hasn't been something that you needed to concern yourself with in the course of these films. 
But why do the Sith need their own light? I thought like just it's the, the Sith and the Jedi. They're just humans that are force sensitive, and some no. some are good, some are bad. No, like the Sith are a little are literally a race from a different well, planet. They were. They, it gets really stupid were, and complicated. So, how old is the dagger? The, da- the dagger is ancient. So he, so when when Luke goes back to the the ancient Jedi planet, Exegol is the ancient Sith planet where the religion originated from. That not all the Sith believe in, but or follow or whatever. Like they're just like trying to be in the footsteps of the Sith. Well, I'll just say yes to move us along. It's not. It's, there's no. So, you're, so Vader, really... Vader was a was a fake gamer Sith, is what you're saying. So I mean, so the Sith were a race, and then they all got blowed up, and then people found all their crap and said we're going to be the new Sith, and then that happened a couple more times, um, and then eventually you get to re- if they're a race, you can't just go we're going to be the new Sith. That's not how that works. I mean. It's just cultural appropriation by evil people, Dan. It's it's how it happens, you know. Um, but uh, it's, like it's, if everyone in Mexico dies, like we're not the like Texas isn't going to move to Mexico and be like we're the new people from Mexico. Like that's not how that works. Well, I think the people from New Mexico would have something to say about that. Get oh, it? Because New, new Mexico is the name it's of new, um, yes, New Mexico. Yeah, um, new, Mexi- but, new Mexico uh, is just Arizona. I know. Yeah. I've said that before, and he said, no, with, their meth problem's with, worse. Um, but the... <laughs> they have hatched chilies also. <laughs> Important distinction. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of thing that you don't need to worry about, um, really. Um, this movie just brings it up and just roll with it, because for the love of God, they're not going to tell you. And looking it up isn't going to make you happy. Um, so just, well, I, just don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry I took us off on this tangent because it is irrelevant to this movie, except for the fact that who were all of the dark, faceless Sith people in the stands in the Emperor's, uh, I don't know, what do you call that, stadium, but he's the center of it? Well, supposedly, um, there's <laughs> some conjecture. More, more clones? Yeah, well, there's some conjecture that uh, they're either... Um, the sort of Sith version, dark side version of Force ghosts, remnants of, you know, uh, dead Sith. Um, and that's why they're all just these sort of hooded specters that you don't really see and they disappear at the end of all of this. Um, or uh, that they're all uh, the Sith cultists who were building all the Star Destroyers under the ice. Um, cause those, that's how the, those things happened supposedly. Um, also, either they, of those they, explanations they built them under the ice so that they would be hidden while they're on a planet that nobody can find, which is also great. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, one, one secrecy is none and two secrecy is <laughs> one, I guess it's, it's, it, it's oh, just redundancy. Dear. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, they go on their, their, their Ray's like, I'm going to go on my mission. Uh, and for some reason she has Luke's lightsaber that was destroyed at the end of the last movie and it's fine. Um, I don't know. Didn't really have an it, explanation it, for that one. Um, it was, it was destroyed. Remember they split it in half when they were trying to like force tug it. No. Okay. Anyway. She put it back together. She she welded it together, yeah, just yeah. like Kylo welded his helmet back together with that sort of 
uh, phosphorescent uh, uh, resin that people use to make coffee tables. Yeah, um, that's also a deeply unsatisfying scene. Um, you get the the weird Sith chimpanzee, uh, you know, new metal guy, and all of Kylo Ren's Knights of Ren new metal cohorts, and uh, they they have a uh, spaceship that uh, is purposefully spewing black gray exhaust. Um, it, it's it's a pretty silly thing. Um, they're not. Are you, say, are you frightening... saying the Knights of Ren roll coal? <laughs> I guess I am. Um, but they they're they're not frightening uh, in any particular sense. They they all look pretty silly. It's it's pretty hot topic. Um, and they have, fu- they have funny helmets and uh, staffs that almost look like axes but aren't. Yeah, and like maces and stuff. And anyway, they, it's it's not an effective group of people. Uh, but they are enlisted in this endeavor to find people but they just they really don't do anything i guess it's another toy to sell or set of toys to sell really um but i mean it's an entourage everyone needs an entourage they, they, they're they not really gonna back you up when push comes to shove i mean he has an entourage the first order yeah he's I mean, the, the, first, the first order he's the supreme leader of the force first order so uh the, the first order really um you know takes the orders of the uh the, the the military folks they're not believers in you know the ancient religion or whatever mm, yeah which um, is why they get slammed against the ceiling and force choked yes just like no other meetings um but the <sighs> the, the uh that meeting also uh we are introduced to uh richard grant's character um who are like well richard grant is in the movie he's going to do something uh and we also have <laughs> Um, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, General Hux, um, who was the, the, one of the bigger villains from the first movie who, but who got so much more cartoonish in the second movie, um, played by Domino Gleason, um, who is, uh, definitely not the spy at all. Um, and you can't figure that one out at any point prior to him revealing it. Uh, yes, you can. Um, but, uh, that, I didn't that, figure it out. That's, but then again, I didn't really oh, try. Okay. Well, I mean, it was either going to be Richard Grant or it was going to be uh, Donald Gleason, and I knew that Donald Gleason was comic relief, so it was going to be him because it's also about his vanity and how much he doesn't like Kylo Ren, um, so he wouldn't want him to yeah. succeed. I and, don't want you to win; I just need Kylo to lose, is what he says, which is yeah, yeah. very bureaucratic. Yeah, and and uh, Richard Grant is, you know, I mean, he's just going to be the new like head villain admiral guy on the ship um that was, was pretty obvious um uh, but anyway it's pretty good except we just watched Hudson Hawk not too long ago so it's a little hard to you know <laughs> take him yeah. seriously yeah um well he, he's a, he's a he's an odd man um but uh yeah so they have their meeting about stuff and they go to do their things um and Kylo snatches the necklace from Ray who is on a mission with uh, C-3PO, Finn, uh, Poe, and Chewbacca um, on another desert planet. Um, and for anyone who's counting, there are four desert planets in this movie. And <laughs> I was not counting, but thank you. It's It boggles my mind um, how you, you're like, there's this enormous, wonderful 
you know, universe with these galaxies and we can go to all these different planets with all these different environments. We're going to have four desert planets in the same film. Um, but, uh, anyway, it's a desert planet full of, they're metaphorical deserts, (laughs) uh, desert of the mind. But the, but the people of this planet are all like modeled after weird cephalopods. Um, so Mm. it's a curious evolution. I assume the oceans all dried up or something, but, uh, they're, they're there celebrating their thing. And uh, there's a very pointed moment where uh, someone comes up to give Ray the necklace and, uh, you know, introduces themselves and <sighs> see through translating. And it's like, oh, I don't have a family name, just Ray. She would be it's- honored to know your family name, too. I don't have. Oh, God, it was it, like it's the the dialogue that is like actually crucial to some of the like plot lines is some of the worst dialogue in this movie. Yeah, but some of the best dialogue in this movie is uh, C-3PO um, not getting it uh, that, that people don't like him, <laughs> uh, which, I, which is always entertaining to me. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, they have a they apparently catch the attention of First Order people after uh, they're spotted, um, and Kylo Ren has the necklace because he said, uh, "Careful, there's always First Order spies in crowds like this." Yeah. I mean, which is why it tells Chewie to duck. Um, and which was a little funny. That was one of the few shots I noticed that they actually held on for two beats because they needed some comedic timing there. Yeah, you got to let it sink in that something happened on screen. Um, and then Lando spot them, spotted, spot, saw them um, and uh, shot <laughs> one of the, the stormtroopers in the eye with a, a crossbow bolt, which is curious. Um, but then they all hop onto his little rolling tank thing and um he explains everything that they need um which is weird that that couldn't have been like a phone call um cuz he says he's been in touch with Leia and it's like well if you're in touch with Leia why don't you just why didn't why didn't you say to Leia where the thing was and again i don't want to get ahead of myself because it, it, it's kind of important to figure out how these things go together and the order they go in. But the number of things at the end of this movie where they're like, oh yeah, me and Leia knew the whole time. We just didn't feel like telling you. It's like, what? What? No, no, no. That doesn't, no. You can't retcon two previous movies by saying that. That is not acceptable. Well, I mean, they did that before (sighs) the other time. Still. Leia being the sister of Luke and he knew the entire time. No, when they say this, in the third movie, yeah, but that's that's nonsense. This <laughs> pe- pe- people are still mad about that too. People still joke about how Luke was kissing his sister and stuff. Like that's it's not a thing that you want to do. Like they had to know going in that that was going to be bad. Yeah, well, what you, you gonna do? You can't just say that me and Leia knew the whole time that you were Palpatine, but we wanted we we wanted you to grow and learn at your own pace or whatever, and then we'll tell you when you were ready to learn that you were a Palpatine, and then. You could choose to go your own way or something. They don't even give her a choice. They're like, yeah, we knew the whole time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have a problem with that because uh, people are also upset because they think that they prefer it better that uh, the way Ryan intended it to be that uh, she's not famous because of any special familial relations, um, that she is just a special person. Uh, and that you don't have to be from somewhere special in order to be someone special. Um, and in this movie, you know, it says, no, please be related to two people. Um, and that's it. Uh, which honestly I'm fine with because like, this is 
the final trilogy tying up the other two trilogies. Like, it's fine that it's connected. Like, if it wasn't connected, what would then the the what what would we then want to feel for the previous eight movies? Un- unless it really gave us something to hold on to for the next batch of nine movies, like it, it's fine. I I don't have a problem with it. Um. Uh. I don't. The reason I don't mind that she's related, um, is because I feel like it sets up something similar, um, to what happened with our previous characters, um, and it was you know just the uh, how should I put this? Uh, it's it's not exactly Luke versus Vader where he's in defiance of his heritage and that he's going to be good instead of being evil. Um, Ray's doing that as well. It's also um, just a, an- another thing where she thinks she's from no one and she thinks she's a good person and that she's actually from the most evil person that's ever lived. Um, and how does she reconcile that? And uh, does that mean that she's going to be evil? And a lot of people would say, well, it's still too samey, but whatever. Um, it's fine. I don't care that much. Uh, it, it doesn't bother me that much. And I don't see it as a direct rebuke of Ryan. Um, so there are a lot of people who are just like gossipy little, you know, school tr- children about this stuff where they're just like, eh, he only did that to upset Ryan. It's like, no, I don't really think that's why anything in this movie happened. Um, but, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Do you think JJ thinks about Ryan's feelings a lot. And no, I don't, cause I, I really don't think that anything that petty occurred here. Um, but people ascribe these like really schoolyard nonsense theories to things of like, he did that to get back at him for this. And he did that to do that. Cause he did hated when that was undone. What? Star Wars fans are infantile. Are you serious? Yeah, it's just it's something you're gonna have to get used to, Dan. I think um, as you de- delve deeper into the, the mystery of the Sith. But um, the no, the movies uh, are over now. They're done, right? No more. <laughs> um, no, there's gonna be more, um, and they're probably not gonna be exactly what you thought they were gonna be. And maybe they'll be bad. Who knows? It's gonna be a surprise for everyone, really. Uh, also, if the industry exists, it'll be curious to see what happens. Um, but uh, the um, the movie continues with them, you know, having all the information they need to find the thing. They get the speeders, and there's this chase that happens that's actually pretty poorly done, um, in my opinion, in terms <laughs> you of about the, the flying guys. Yeah, it, it's a it's not a good chase. Um, like in terms of like the dynamics of setting up a chase and the geography of the scene, it doesn't it doesn't work. Um, but uh, they. They fudge it, um, and they finally get to where they're going, and they arrive uh, at the ship that is there in obvious view of everything, not that far outside of town that had been there for years, um, and no one had stripped it for parts or anything. Basically uh, all of Ray's life for the most part. Yeah, it's it's very convenient. Um, and then they get knocked into the sinking sand stuff, um, and they sink. Uh, and this is the second time in a J.J. Abrams space movie that someone sunk in sand um it also happened in the force awakens when the the tie fighter that finn and poe escape in sinks oh yeah and that sand wasn't gray colored though no it's it's sand colored but uh anyway they they fall in this patch to this cave and uh you know 
Poe is asking if everyone's okay, and C-3PO says, I'm okay, not that you asked. And then they <laughs> are walking through, and they come across um, the uh, the dagger in the language of the Sith, and the dead Sith guy, and then the big snake thing. And the uh, she heals the snake thing, and it lets them leave, and reveals the <sighs> secret exit to the sunken sand thing. Um, it's It's very very much like a platformer video game adventure level thing of like yeah. i've solved the puzzle of the the wounded snake um and <laughs> as you said it's a treasure hunt and the entire purpose of it is so they can go find the the compass that takes them to the place so they find the dagger that takes them to the planet where they find well you, you you're skipping over the part where she thought she should she uh killed chewbacca um yes she thought she killed chewbacca because kylo sees where they are and Chewbacca gets captured and she tries to like force pull the thing down out of the sky but Kylo's like no I'm gonna push it and then she's like pulling extra hard and then lighting shoots out of her hand and blows up the transport and she's all sad and at that point I had no reason to believe that they hadn't just killed Chewbacca and I was like what in the hell are you doing you're gonna you're gonna destroy C-3PO's brain which I knew would probably they would fix or whatever but like and then and then you're gonna kill chewbacca like you can't do that how dare you um well i knew they didn't kill chewbacca because there were two ships um they show two ships uh it's just that you and you only see one of them explode but it, it was effective i guess because most of the people i've talked to after seeing this movie really thought they killed chewbacca for all of the five seconds that they let that sink in for you emotionally before they reveal that Chewbacca's on the ship. Um, but uh, the characters aren't... How should I put this? If Chewbacca had really died and the characters behaved in that manner that they behave in on, when they're on the ship escaping, um, where they're just like, man, I can't believe I killed Chewbacca with my force lightning. And he's like, well, you didn't mean to. Um, like, if that had <laughs> happened and Chewbacca was actually dead, then that would have been really messed up. Um, but... That's another reason. There would have how needed you... to be another scene there where they talked about it, but yeah, but th- that's just another way that you know that it didn't happen. Um, that he that he's alive because they wouldn't be so cavalier about the "don't worry about killing him" thing because, like, dude, that means he's alive. Um, but uh, but anyway, they have the dagger thing, but that has this secret language of the Sith that uh, he's forbidden from revealing because of the encoding thing. So they have to go to this planet with the the spice runners and stuff um because poe knows a guy who can do the decoding thing and then they're walking around and um the first order is rounding up uh children from homes um to take to uh be conscripts in their in their brainwashed uh stormtrooper army um which is in and of itself an interesting thing you could have a movie about um but this is the thing that what's her name was talking about how they were her and Finn were captured as children but they rebelled or whatever. Yeah, and and it's even mentioned in the first movie uh in The Force Awakens um that that was JJ's answer to uh them not being clones is that they're all um these conscripted uh brainwashed children. Um but the the problem with that is they just don't do anything much with that that has to do with like freeing the stormtroopers they kill them all pretty cavalierly throughout the course of the, the film but uh but anyway mm. um they they have this whole thing and they they come across carrie russell in her rocketeer outfit um and uh she's she's all like hey uh i'm mad at you 
here's a gun, I'm gonna draw it on you and stuff. And it's just like all those other movies where you saw that happen. Uh, and <laughs> there's 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 witty dialogue too. Yeah, and see, here's the thing. I wouldn't object to Carrie Russell being in this movie or any of this stuff if it wasn't already the, like the 47th thing that was stuffed in here. Um, but she's here uh, and it gives uh, Oscar Isaac someone to play off of that isn't, you know, a, Ray, his love interest, but it does establish another love interest. This movie is very good at setting up love interests for Poe and Finn to be like, hey, look, uh, all those audience members who have been shipping them um so to speak they're they're, they're, they're totally straight um but yeah, uh the, yeah. the rebellion is for lovers or whatever yeah so anyway um they're, they're like yeah sure fine whatever uh i'll do the thing and so then they go off to meet babu frick um who is probably i don't know one of the most uh well-regarded things by all people who have seen the movie um is that they like babu frick He's um the, uh, hey. the, the practical version yeah. of uh uh kumail's character from men in black through four whatever it was international i didn't see it um but uh he's he's a little droid repair guy hacker dude and uh he's gonna hack up c-3po's brain um and that uh c-3po is going to be reset and he'll forget everything and there's supposed to be an impactful moment about how uh c-3po just wants to take his uh, take a look at his friends one final time um and they say that there is a backup of C-3PO in the scene um, that they can go use and C-3PO objects being like, oh, well, you know, and you know how unreliable R2 is with that backup. Like it, it could, you know, not work. I'd, I'd just be totally erased. And it's like, well, I wish kind of that he had made some kind of sacrifice because <laughs> what we get out of this is that he gets reset. Like you said, at the end of the movie and everybody's fine and it's it's weird um it's a it, it's strange to put that much emphasis on the on the dangerous risk he's taking when it turns out to be so easily undone um but uh there is some comedy that still comes out of it uh when babu frick is babu frick's name is brought up later and he says he's one of my oldest friends because <laughs> that was pretty good yeah. yeah he doesn't remember anything else <laughs> but uh it's it's you know that's more on the the comedy side than than like the impactful stuff um but i guess that's also how you know that they were gonna do it um but uh this lets them uh have the red eyes come on and it you know c3po recites the um the stuff from the dagger um and they figure out that it's a moon of endor um and that they got to go to do the stuff on the moon uh and then poe and uh carrie russell were having their conversation up on the roof doing lookout stuff um where she's like i'm gonna get off this planet i've got this imperial uh, first order medallion commanded medallion thing lets me get on stuff uh, that's my ticket out of here. It's like, oh, it's a, okay. It's a get out of jail free card that apparently goes into a universal slot on any ship that allows you to pass through shields. It's really not well designed. I um, thought it was going to be like a, you did the first order of favor and we'll pay you back kind of thing. But it really just turned out to be like a coin. That's a key that you plug into a spaceship. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, two-factor authentication that only requires one factor um and uh so they're able to use it to board kylo ren's ship uh because they figure out that chewie's on it um and they're gonna get him off of there uh and kylo ren meanwhile thinks that ray is very nearby and so he's gonna go down and storm the city 
and it's kind of funny that uh, he senses her being close and um, he's wrong. <laughs> uh, but uh, they make their way through the ship uh, and they do the stuff and um, Hux reveals himself um, and he does the whole bad guy thing of like, oh, uh, hurt me so it looks like I didn't help you. Um, and uh, he, he gets hurt more than he thought he was going to get hurt. And then he talks to Richard E. Grant's character and he's like, oh, look, they hurt me and they got away. <laughs> and uh, Richard E. Grant <laughs> just is like, yeah, no, I, I've seen those movies too. And he shoots him, um, which is <laughs> something I kind of liked for all the cliches that they they do and all these you know regurgitative references that they make in in these jj abrams movies for have to, to have somebody else in the movie be like yeah no i i got it um to to uh to to do that i think was actually pretty good um so I agree. uh Dom, donald grayson meets his end uh everybody escapes um from the ship pretty dramatically uh with like hopping down onto the millennium falcon um because it had been captured and they uh, get out of there, and they go to Endor, um, and to a moon of Endor that is not the same moon, which I found confusing when I saw this, because I just <laughs> thought it was the same moon, but a different part of the same moon, but it's like, apparently, there's a whole system of moons, and this is the one that has l- long sea grasses, and big waves, and uh, horses, and space horses, it's, and that's it's, they land on that one. Yeah, it's the one where the, uh, the, De- the Death Star 2 crashed. Yeah, well, part of it anyway. I assume it crashed on a lot of places. It was a big, big thing. Um, yeah, honestly, <laughs> when we saw it explode, it just turned into a big puff, but presumably there was shrapnel. Yeah, uh, uh, several large pieces of shrapnel that seem to be mostly intact, as a matter of fact. Um, like, the Emperor's throne room being in that spindly little tower thing, and that's all fine. That's curious. Um, but uh, anyway, they they do the the thing where they're like well we got here on the planet and we crashed and we got to fix up the ship and we got to get across the water to the death star and uh ray doesn't want to wait um so she takes a little skiff thing and she's gonna go do it and she's used the knife to figure out that oh look it's a map of the wreckage of the death star that only works if you were standing exactly where i am what a coincidence um which it's- uh to assume that the wreckage never changed and to build a, a knife to be shaped like wreckage whatever real weird it's incredibly strange i don't understand the thinking um that went into this uh so they do it um and uh surprise um they uh ray gets over to the thing climbs up uh goes to the throne room um finds the the secret little bathroom or whatever closet on the side um that nobody went in before and she goes in there and she has uh kind of like the the force cave experience thing that they've done several times in these movies now yeah except Um, this time she actually sees something instead of nothing yeah this this time she sees herself as uh this sith master with a lightsaber that has a hinge um and (laughs) although earlier in the movie she said she also saw herself in a dream on the the Sith throne with Kylo. I'm not sure how they were both sitting on the throne because you know there's only one chair, but uh that's what she said earlier. I mean it was it was a big big chair. It wasn't that big. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's a substantial chair. You could squeeze two people in that chair. <laughs> uh I just said I wouldn't want to. Oh well, I mean you know, it's just it's a dream. I don't know. People people just 
you know, don't have correct spatial relationships in their dreams, I guess. Mm. Um, but she experiences this intense fear and dread and hops out of there with the thingy um, back into the main throne room. And Kylo Ren is there and there's fighting on the thing and stuff. And uh, her friends are there and she's like, no friends, don't be friends. And she pushes <laughs> them. And then and Kylo immediately breaks her, her, her new compass toy that she just found. Yeah, and then um, uh, Leia reaches out across space to make contact with Kylo to distract him so that Ray can hit her, uh, the, hit him in this the part appendix. Bothers me so much. Um, so just to reiterate what happens here, they're fighting. There's a lot of fighting. It's it's like Mustafar, but like with water because they're on the thing in the ocean. Um, so. And somebody says, like, she knows what she has to do to whatever, to reach Kylo or something. There's a, a dumb line. But she she force, she doesn't force project. She just force whispers at Kylo to distract him so that Rey, who is about to be defeated, uh, can uh, stab him in the stomach and, like, basically mortally wound him, uh, but, like, defeats him there. But then... Leia dies because she force projected herself so hard like Luke did that it was too much and she dies. But then Ray immediately fixes Kylo's wound and is like, we good? And then she leaves and Kylo's like, ah, I was defeated and Leia died and I feel bad now. So I'm going to give up being bad guy. Well, not before he sees a, a memory-ish thing of his dad, who is not a Force ghost. Not a Force um, ghost. He's a not memory. Not a Force ghost. <laughs> yeah. Because he's not and, blue or see-through. Yeah, he's a hallucination. Um, and uh, the, the his, his dad tells him, like, hey, uh, don't don't be evil and stuff. Um, and uh, so be, there's Be who a, you were all along. Like, yeah. it's not too late to fight for what's good in the world. So he does a complete 180 on his character right here. Um, it would have been nice to see an evolution building up to this. And I suppose we were supposed to have seen that in the in his constant suppression of being good by being super evil. But at the same time, the pivot is so harsh that um, it's pretty jarring. Uh, and the pivot is pretty absolute um, because uh, then Kylo takes... Um, a discarded TIE fighter uh, from the, the the Death Star that we panned across earlier um, or or whatever, the dollied through whatever when we were in the wreckage. Um, and uh, he takes one of those and it still works for God knows what what reason. Um, and he flies that out the same out of reason too. that the door still has power to open to the secret bathroom in the Emperor's room. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want that door to not work. <sighs> yeah, you don't want to get stuck in there. But, but he he talks to Han Solo's memory and then throws away his lightsaber just to need another lightsaber later in the movie. So like, come whatever. Yeah. It's like, ah, I won't be evil. So I've thrown away the thing that makes me evil, which is the lightsaber, which it's is red. Yeah, his, his, his red uh, <laughs> T shaped lightsaber is the, is the reason he was bad the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so anyway, that's pretty silly. Um, but, uh, but Ray is so shook up by this. Um, she's shook. Uh, and she goes to, um, the hangout on, uh, on Luke's planet, um, where he went to be, go be a hermit. And she's like, I'm going to be a hermit now too. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm bad. So I, and I, I can never go near 
the bad people, so I'm going to fly here and isolate myself, and I'm also going to blow up the ship, so there's no way I could possibly leave. Yeah, yeah, self-isolation. Um, but <sighs> she she is discouraged from throwing out the lightsaber by Luke, um, and it is... I took it to be written as funny, like it is knowing wink, like, oh, hey, what, you know, don't just go throwing throwing out a lightsaber, because that was what he did. It's the first scene of Last Jedi. But a lot of people were like, no, he did that just to get back at Ryan. And it's like, no, I don't, again, I no, don't think it's, that's, it's I don't joke. think that's what it is. It's just a joke. Because <laughs> it's the opposite of the other thing. Yeah. Like, it, they just, have, people, people don't have much of a sense of humor about this stuff. Um, really not. Yeah, Which is um, weird because these movies are full of like, supposedly quirky jokes yeah supposedly um but uh he's like yeah no don't 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 do that thing um you know you should go be good and stuff and yeah we knew all the time but you know stuff things yeah it happens happen to me um and uh so any of us we could all be palpatine's (laughs) kid we who knows what evil beings um and secret relatives we we all have um but uh but, he, but he's like yeah, yeah you should go do the thing and so then he lifts up his x-wing and then a lot of people are like oh force ghosts have an effect on the real world this is so crazy like how could he do that that's never been done before this movie's bullshit and it's just like but but, but yoda but, blew up the things in the last yeah, one no i know there's people 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 just just calm down. Everyone calm down. Um, so anyway, the it was a nice moment because they also used the music and stuff, and it ties into the fact that Luke couldn't lift the X-wing, but Yoda could, and it was a big moment. And the Empire Strikes Back. Anyway, so he does it, and he lifts the lightsaber out of the water, and Ray gets in the, I'm sorry, lifts the X-wing out of the water, and Ray gets in the X-wing, um, and uh, she flies off um, to to go do the thing, uh, and she doesn't have a droid, but I guess it just still works anyway, um, and. She flies to... Were we supposed to uh, believe that these ships require a droid to get places? Well, they, they have them in the back. There's a spot. You put the droid. Anyway, maybe it's just like a car. If you, don't plug in your, if you don't plug in your smartphone, it still you know drives. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she, she flies to Exegol using the Sith Wayfinder, um, and then she turns on a signal, which lets the, the Rebellion know where she's going. Um, and they're all freaked out because they saw one of the Sith... Star Destroyers use their Death Star ray gun to blow up uh, the planet that Babu Frick and What's-Her-Face were from. Yeah, they finally stopped making large, spherical, planet-killing things, and now they just put the gun on all of the Star Destroyers. Yeah, and in the previous movie, um, there was the Dreadnought at the beginning of the movie that had Death Star tech for the guns on the underside of it, which is how they destroyed the base. But, you know, those didn't blow up planets. Those just blew up large things. Um substantially large things but not planets uh, and this one does blow up planets but it does it kind of slowly it's just like i kind of broke the crust like an egg or something and then it just kind of <laughs> it does all blow crumbles. up in a way that looks like let's make one that looks like a practical explosion but not really yeah and so they they work um for doing what they're doing and it, it again it's just like so palpatine's plan is he's going to rule out of fear again um with a bunch of ships i don't know i never really got like a full picture of what he wanted what motivated him does he have daddy issues like what's his dad like what what was he like as a father to his son or daughter it was vague to me which which one was the actual relation i don't i don't well, know it was the it was the son but he you know he hired yeah. a mercenary to kill his kid so i think he's probably safe to say he was not a great parent uh, you know jury's still out on that let's not take sides um but i uh, the they're you know he he uh, he's got this plan where he's going to blow up stuff again, which worked 
well last time um on all the occasions that he did it and uh so anyway the rebellions all he like oh, succeed we gotta... in blowing up some planets like so if that's part mm-hmm. of his goal like he he got some of it yeah i mean the only problem is when you blow him up then everybody goes oh no there's a guy who can blow up planets let's go fight him to make sure he stops <laughs> doing that um at one point in this movie i yeah. thought to myself like is his goal just to blow up all the planets and just live on star destroyers because it seems like it might be yeah i guess I maybe mean, maybe he just doesn't like dirt or anything he just wants to live on like he hates sand clean so much metal. he wants to destroy all of the planets no that's the other guy um so the the uh the the the, the sorry i said the rebellion earlier again uh the resistance legally distinct from the rebellion um they <laughs> uh decide from their little base that they're gonna go do the thing um and uh lando is going to go take the falcon and um go to the inner systems and try to like round up some people uh and there's a line about it, like oh you know, we Leia had the thing where she used her personal code to try to get people to come, and nobody would come. Like, what makes you think you can do this now? And it's like, ah, uh, whatever, hope uh, and crap. Uh, and so he goes to do that, and you know he's going to succeed because we saw the trailer to this movie. Um, and then uh, they all are going to take whatever ships they have there on the planet to go um, over there. And apparently, one of the ships that they have is the Tantive Four or whatever, the the blockade runner from A New Hope. And it's like, how how did how was that thing still around? Like it was captured at one point. It was not scrapped. Like somebody was just like, Oh, that's a perfectly good ship. We'll just keep using that. Um, it's a collectible. Um, and then Leia got it back again. I don't, it's, it's, it's not entirely clear what happened with, with why that's still there, but, uh, they all, they all roll on out of there and they're going to go, uh, fight, uh, take the fight to them no matter what. And, uh, these, Star Destroyers have a weak point, which is they're exposed super cannons, so you gotta blow them up. And it's like, well, that's a big inference to make, I suppose. And it's like, they all have to be coordinated from this tower, which must be this thing. And it's like, but, again, it seems like... It seems like you're making a lot of like leaps um, with the the things you're saying. Are these Star Destroyers literally like drones? Like, they, they are incapable of operating without somebody at the helm of one of the ships leading them all? Well, that, suppo- that's what we got. Like, you blow up the one, and then they all stop. Well, supposedly, um, the the um, the thingy is really just helping them orient themselves in the atmosphere of this planet, um, where it is difficult for them to tell which way is up. So, I would ask you, why not have them not be in the atmosphere of this planet? But, uh, but anywho, that's where they are, um, and uh, that is apparently the thing. Is like they can't they can't orient to find which way is up and they're packed in so tightly near one another that they might accidentally just like drive into each other. Um, like, I don't know, have somebody look out a window or something. Be careful. So, but this yeah. is the plot point from uh, the last Star Trek movie that JJ did where all of the things were destroyed by um, the Beastie Boys. Uh, sort of. But because he they, do that they, one. they couldn't coordinate. They crashed into each other. Yeah, but I think that was Justin Lin that directed that one. It wasn't JJ. He just oh, whatever. That's, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um. So, anywho, who they 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 they're like gonna go do the thing, and so they blow up the tower, and then it switches to the star destroyer tower, um, and then they gotta go blow up the star destroyer tower. That means horses, um, on the ship, um, and they're gonna go do that. Um. But so they they go. All with all that nonsense, and uh, Ray meanwhile lands on the planet, and she's going through the thing, and she goes down to the throne room, and she she's all like, "I'm not going to be evil," and he's like, "Aha!" But my secret plan is that you're going to see all your friends being killed, and in order to stop them from being killed, you're going to be so 
angry at me that you're going to kill me and then that's going to make them not be killed so then you'll win but i'll win because i'll be you at that point because you'll absorb my power and it's just like but this is really just three movies to get to that i don't know it's, um it's, it's uh weird. one plus one plus sith plus one <laughs> not one plus sith plus one plus one um but exactly, they yes. they uh they do this nonsense um and then uh she's like oh well i gotta do it there's no other choice and then she senses kylo ren is there and he jumps onto that big stone chain thing and then he goes ow um and then uh he goes and he fights the knights of ren and she's like ah, i'm not alone and then she does the thing with the lightsaber and it's kind of a fun cut of like I put it behind my back oh I don't have anything anymore um you know (laughs) where'd that that quarter go behind your ear um but uh so she does that magic trick and then um we have the uh uh the 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 thingy uh where they're both there in the throne room at the same time and he's just like aha now i i i will kill you because you're the dyad and the link in the force and i'll drain your life force um because this is my new plan where i'm gonna live forever because i'll have your combined life forces because they're special life forces which was not my original plan instead of having a line where it's like well i was originally going to do something else but now i will do this instead he's just like no this seems like it always was the plan i'm just gonna keep going and it's just like but the you well, should like, probably stop he, for a I, second and be like, I am changing my mind. <laughs> I, honest to God, do not have any idea what the hell that that thing was. He said, like, oh, something that's never happened in a generation before. Like, he needed them both in a room together to to understand that, like, when they're near each other, he can do something with their life force that will resuscitate him because they're so powerful but more powerful together. Something I don't understand any of it. No, and what I especially don't understand is when he sucks all the life force out of them, um, he uh, gets a costume change um, in addition to his skin regenerating, and it's just like, I- I'm sorry, wait, what? Like, do you have, like, a Sith, like, magical energy thing that makes clothes? Like, uh, whatever reason. Um, he's no longer part of that ceiling apparatus um, that had him Frankensteining around the place. Uh, he's he's all well again, and he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And now you 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 know you're all screwed. Um, and he uh, does his lightning thing on the fleet, and everybody's like, "Oh no, what do we do?" And Ray's like, "Uh, come to me, help me, you know, Jedi, whatever." And she, her vision goes out into the stars, and then she hears audio from all of the Jedi masters who came before, and they're like, "You can do it, get on up." Um, and she uh gets up and does the thing, and bounces his force lightning back on himself which kills him um and she's not well and kylo comes back and he gives his life force to her in its totality so that he dies um and it's pretty obvious to me that he dies uh like there's no happily ever after for him because he's a mass murderer um but uh there's a weird like love kind of thing between them um it's like I, you know, I wish I didn't love you for me, even though you're a mass murderer. But whatever. Uh, and then yeah, they, th- they were also kind of leaning into the whole Luke and Leia thing, like we're, you know, bonded in some way. We're not like in we don't love each other, but like we're two parts of the same sort of whatever the hell the the emperor said. So we're we're together and uh, we're we're kids. Uh, we're we're brother and sister, like Luke and Leia. But also, I'm going to kiss you. Yeah, yeah, and then they. God, can you believe this is not the end of the movie? Um, everything breaks, and then they um go back to the the 
resistance base planet uh everybody's celebrating they cut to all of the other planets where all the star Dest- all the first order star destroyers completely unrelated to the star destroyers we were watching in the previous battle scene all fall out of the sky um and it's kind of funny the one shot of the star destroyer falling on top of the old star destroyer on jakku uh specifically because it's like why was there one there <laughs> um but uh just the montage of all of those star destroyers falling out of the sky for no reason is ridiculous um and nonsense and they it plays into the sort of um celebratory nature that george lucas had when he went back to do like the the final um uh when he went to do his his version of uh uh return of the jedi where he could add all those effects in at the end to be like here's coruscant a planet you've never seen um there everybody's celebrating there because the emperor is dead and it's like oh but we don't care uh and here's cloud city and here's all this stuff and so they they do the same sort of montage at the end of this because they have to uh and then on the resistance planet um chewie gets a medal um which apparently leia had this whole entire time and maz knew about it and (sighs) gave to maz to give to chewie now after she died at the end of this mission it's just like what a twisted gift <laughs> but uh it's there for the audience not for the character absolute um, fan service nonsense mm-hmm. that didn't need to be there no did not need it at all um and then for you might be like okay well now the movie's over right nope uh now ray goes to uh tatooine to go to the um uh the homestead and he she uh buries the lightsabers in the sand um so that they won't be used or can't be found or something i don't know it seems like the kind of thing you might need someday but uh she's got her own now and it's yellow um she takes that out at the end and there's a uh old lady who passes by who happens to be passing by in an empty desert um the odds are (laughs) huge but she comes by and she's like oh nobody's lived there in a long time what's your name and uh she's like ray and then she looks around and there's the ghosts and she's like you know it's the the cliche thing of like you know, the character looks around to look up to make up a name, and it's, like, the first thing they see. Um, and she's, like, Skywalker, and it's just, like, uh, you know, that lady should report her, like, like the last Skywalkers who were here were not so great. Um, but they, but instead, that's that's it, and there's yellow thing, and then there's the dual sons and BB-8, and it's a repeat of the thing, and it's just like, ah, did you feel good? The end. Conclusion. <sighs> At least it's a nice image with the two sons and stuff. Like, it looks pretty. Yeah, yeah. I mean... There's a lot of this movie that looks pretty. Um, it's not not all of my, my liking. Uh, like, did you notice that Maz is a puppet now um, with some digital augmentation? Uh, no, but I guess we always saw her in sort of medium shots, so I, that seems doable. Yeah, well, that's why she's always so stiff. Um, <sighs> I think he was unhappy with the digital uh, version of her from the prior movies. Okay. I mean, we didn't care. I didn't because you know, I never liked the character Moss Kanata. Um, but uh, but that's it. I mean, that's the conclusion. That's the last of this the whole mess of nine movies. Really? Yeah. Really, what it came down to is Palpatine was the biggest evil, and the Skywalkers were the best. And uh, takes a takes a Palpatine to kill a Palpatine in the same way that it took a Skywalker to kill a Skywalker. Yeah, you so, got to fight fire with fire. Lightning with lightning. Mm-hmm. Wait, well, why didn't unless... she? Why didn't she use her lightning? She has lightning. She didn't use her lightning. 
Uh, but then she would be actively killing him instead of allowing through an action him to kill himself. Um, anyway, it's it's really it's really it's a really weird like l- writing legal loophole of like getting out of the thing that they said would previously happen if she struck him down. She could have used it for anything else, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She could have been like, "Hey, you know, somebody up there in a spaceship, shoot him. Um, he's not he's not moving very fast." Um, but uh, but anyway, she could do he like dies. Scott Pilgrim, where uh, what's her name fights the other girl, but with Scott Pilgrim's hands. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know it's frustrating. It's a, it's a, it's a annoying thing, but it's it's all it's all done. It's all done now. Um, and. The- and we don't have to talk about Star Wars for a very long time. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, there's probably some more coming, but you're still betting on them being uh Ryan's being canceled. Yeah, I think Ryan's is going to be canceled for sure. Well, I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. I now own this movie, so maybe I'll watch it again and see if uh gets better in a second viewing. <laughs> no. <laughs> um in fact for me i think it got worse uh when i saw it in the theaters at least everybody was like cheering and stuff so you kind of like get into some parts of it but yeah hmm mm-hmm. well it was unsatisfying i don't know what else to say <laughs> i mean end. they did a lot of stuff they blew a lot of things up they made it, there were a lot of things that they put in the movie and you're like all right i guess that's a thing that yeah. was neat looking uh and now it's over I just looking and now it's over. I I just can't feel. I don't feel anything for these movies anymore. Not mm. that I ever really did. That's not. They're not no, my movies. because you, you you referred to one of them as the Mulrats movie. Um, but uh, <laughs> the but yeah, line. the Mulrats line, not the movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're we're done here. Um, we're gonna disappear into a double sun sunset. Mm-hmm. But we'll mm-hmm. come back as Force Ghost when it's convenient. Yes. Sorry, Todd. <laughs>